sir, Eagles fans. What's going on? It's your man, K-Mart. Welcome you back to the second half of the season. Yes, yes, yes. We got the second. We got uh, the first eight games out of the way. We got the, the next eight coming up as the Eagles. Man, we're looking to rebound, looking to rebound and have a better second half than we did the first half. Um, right now, I mean, we, we got some we got some injury. We got some injured players coming back. Um, um, some on offense. A couple players on defense. So hey, it's time to make a move. Right now, the Eagles stand at three, four, and one, number one in the NFC East. So hey, it's time. It's time to capitalize on this. I mean, we caught we caught a couple breaks during the first half of the season. It's time to capitalize. Anyway, you guys, I'm your man K Mark. Just wanted to welcome you guys back. Hope you guys are doing very well. Um, yeah, just wanted to take a little time off. Just kind of just tend to the family. And hey, yeah, I'm back. I'm recharged. I'm ready to get the second half of the season going. On um, this episode here, will be um, I'll be pretty much just going over the grades on what I thought of each position group. Um, just kind of give you my feel of what's to come in the second half, what uh, what to look for. Give you my predictions, and then more like it, I'll probably just go over um, the game against our favorite. Our, our true nemesis, the New York football Giants. So if you want to get in contact with the show, hit me up at the Eagle Zone uh, podcast at gmail.com. And, hey, let's get to it. Okay, the first uh, position that I want to hit on today is, of course, the most important position on the team is the quarterback position, Carson Wentz. And looking at Carson's numbers, I mean, for the most part, I mean, he's been very inconsistent with this play. I mean, just check check these numbers out. 58 uh, percent completion percentage that is beyond putrid and mind you i'm gonna hit i'm gonna hit all i'm gonna talk about each one of these numbers he's 12 he has 12 touchdowns to 12 interceptions beyond mediocre 73 uh quarterback rating poor 40 uh, 49.1 qbr terrible mind you and then also he has 32 sacks and seven fumbles now looking at these numbers 58% completion, that is beyond terrible. I mean, if this was like 1994, 95 or something like that, then that might be doable. That might be workable in, in that era. However, in 2020, in today's pass happy league, nah, bruh. It's not going to cut it. It's not going to cut it at all. Man. I mean, Carson, I need you. Usually the good quarterbacks um, are hovering around – Maybe like that 65, like 63 to 65 completion percentage. The great ones, like like the Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady's, they're hovering around like that seven. And Drew Brees, they're hovering around like that 70 percent completion. Now we all know Carson is not the most precision, precise QB. We know that. I mean, I, but in order for him to make this offense as good as it can be, he needs to at least move that up to at least about 63 64 at least and yeah and it all it pretty much it all starts by hitting like those um those basic plays those plays out of the backfield i mean not throwing high in or throwing low i mean you need to hit these guys in stride so they can make a play so yeah carson i'm gonna need you to get that together as soon as possible um next next category Ugh. TD to INT ratio. Um, right now he is he right now for this season he is 12 and 12, 12 TDs, 12 interceptions. Mediocre at very mediocre at best. Carson, I mean, 
you think about it, Carson, aside from his rookie year, Carson was like about seven. He's pretty much averaged seven interceptions um, per season. Usually throwing around 23, 24 touchdown passes. He did have uh, that. He did have over 30 uh, during um, his MVP season in 2017. Yes, I said MVP season. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah, uh, one of those things, Carson, he has to be, uh, he has to do a lot better with uh, his recognition because, I mean, for one, if you think about it, man, you're throwing into double coverage and just like, um, just like against the Cowboys, he he threw a couple ill-advised passes that was it, um, that was picked off. Um, another, another uh, pick came against the Giants, which really frustrated me. And that was the one where, well, it wasn't interception, but he threw he threw crossbody. And anybody who knows quarterback play, that is rule number one: do never you never throw crossbody because that's that's just prime for a pick. So yeah, Carson, you need to he, Carson needs to do better in in, uh, in that area, and he needs to get those TDs up uh, because like a QB of his caliber, he should at least be he should be averaging at least between 24 and 27 per year. Yeah, and the thing is, oh, yeah, my expectation for him is high because I know what he's capable of because we've seen it. I've seen it. Now, um, moving on, that that uh, that 73 uh, QB percent QB rated. <sighs> my gosh, I mean, you think about it. The average QB, a good QB, it should be hovering at least around 80 to 85. Usually, like like the great ones, they're hovering around like that ninety plus to hundred. Yeah, I know. Mind you, yeah, the good QB, yeah, between eighty five and ninety. The great ones, like about like ninety five to like about over a hundred, and over a hundred. Yeah, those like those are like special seasons. So yeah, I mean Carson. Yeah, I need Carson at least to at least be around at least about ninety to ninety five, um, for the uh, for the quarterback rating, QBR. That's another one. That's 49.1. That's terrible. He needs to at least be about 70, about uh, at least 70 for the QBR. And, my, and now these two stats right here, which is part of it has to do with him. Part of it doesn't. But he does have a very important hand in it is that he um, the Eagles have given up 32 sacks and seven fumbles. And. Carson, 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 baby, I need you to hold on to that rock, man. I mean, and I know, I know there's been a lot of injuries along the offensive line. I know that, and I'm aware of that. However, part of that is also on Carson because there are times where he has held on the ball a little too long. Yes, I said a little too long. And one thing, I mean, I love about Carson, I mean, he, he has like that never say die attitude. But a lot of that time, I mean, it's, it's gotten him in trouble and it's putting this team behind the eight ball. I mean, dude, look at look at uh, one of those plays against Dallas. First drive, looking all right, playing very well. He moves out, he moves out left to the pocket. Nobody's out there, mind you, beside him and the DB. Carson only has to do is throw the ball away and, and live to fight another day. Does he do it? No. He tries to break a tackle, but gets sacked, loses the football. Dallas have it. Lucky enough, the defense uh, stepped in. But Carson, just throw the ball away and live to fight another day. I mean, the thing is, though, I think I mean Carson, he trusts his arm so much 
and he trusts himself to make a play because probably yeah, because he's done it before. But there are times, there's times in the game where you got to you got to know when to fold him, baby. Got to know when to fold him. So yeah, I mean, el- eliminate the sacks, eliminate the turnovers, and you'll be all right. I mean, right now, right now you are trending towards 24-24, 24 TDs, 24 picks. Right now, 60 sacks and 14 fumbles. That's not good, man. That's 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 like I said, that's James Winston numbers. And you saw where they got James Winston out of Tampa Bay. So, um, yeah, and so and also, I mean, yeah, a lot of things that I mean, hey, Jalen Hurts is in the picture. I mean, you know what? Hey, Carson, we get it. I mean, we don't know if that's like the real reason why he's doing some of the things that he's doing. Is that I mean he sees Jalen Hurts and he feels as though he's like, hey, I gotta show out for the coaches to have to, hey, just so they know, hey, look, I'm capable of making these plays. No, man. You you gotta be smart with this. You gotta be smart with your play. And so and speaking of Jalen Hurts, please, Doug, somebody, I am tired of, I'm so tired of these Jalen Hurts, the Jalen Hurts experiment. Please, 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 please stop, stop bringing them in like in mid, like during the middle of the drives. My God, because you think about it, most of the time it's a running play. Jalen Hurts most of the time is not coming in to throw, just coming in to run. I mean, true, yeah, he's had maybe a couple plays um, where he has uh, he has passed the ball, but I think it was more out of desperation, just like. Um, during the Cowboy game when he came in for the two-point conversion. Nah, man, just stop it. And I remember saying this exact same thing when um, uh, when Michael Vick came to the Eagles and Donovan McNabb was our starting quarterback, is that Andy would sub um, – he would sub Donovan out during, like, middle – and during, like, middle drives for um, for Vick just to, just to run, like, a QB draw or something like that. And to me, that totally kills the rhythm of the drive. And Carson has to come back in and try to get it back together. Stop it. Please stop it. <laughs> so, um, with that being said, um, what I see, what I what, my grade for the QB position. Right now, I will say, I'll say a C minus. I mean, it could have easily been a D plus. But you know what? I mean, mind you. Yeah, I mean, I've really harped on a lot of things Carson needs to improve on, but I mean, he's also had some 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 um, pretty good moments, such as, um, like I said, like the opening uh, couple of drives against the Redskins. He looked he, the way he came out, he looked he looked confident. He he was precision. He was decisive with his playmaking, and I'm like, dude, this is the Carson that I love. That he's decisive. He's making plays. I mean, and he's not like in his head. But after after that, um, those picks, he was done, and we've we're slowly starting to build it up a little bit. But, um, but yeah, I mean, he's made some plays. I mean, you think I me? Mean, look at the um, I mean, look at the 49ers game winning drive. He drops a beautiful pass in the bucket to Travis Fogle for the game winner. I mean, and then also I me mean, look at um, look at the Ravens game. I mean, look, they battled me. They they got true. They got down. They got down. But Carson and the squad, they battled back into the game. 
And if it wasn't for a dumb two-point conversion call, hey, you never know. Could have tied it up. And also, hey, look at the Steelers game. I mean, for the most part, that game right there, I mean, he battled. I mean, true, he did have a turnover. But for the most part, he stood toe-to-toe with Big Ben in that offense. And I was very proud of him after that. Then also, I mean, look at what he did against the Giants. True, he struggled. But yet, he had the intestinal fortitude to come through and make the play to win the game. So, like I said, I mean, true, it definitely could have been a D plus, but you know what? I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and make it a C minus. Now, like I said, I'm definitely looking for bigger and better things for Carson coming out of the second half. Let's see if he can do it this week against the Giants. Um, the next position I want to look at is the running back position, and that is Miles Sanders' uh, territory. And Miles, he he missed the first game of the season, and uh, he missed a few games in between. Um and he's, he's supposed to be back um, tomorrow against the Giants. And the Eagles need him. They really need him to really kind of diversify their offense and get Miles back. And mind you, and I like Bo- I, I love Boston Scott, but you don't want Boston to be the guy that's going to handle the ball 20 times a game. He's just not built. He's, he's not that back. I mean, he's good at spurts, but he's not that back where you just want to kind of just dump on the ball and just give it to him all day. Um, Miles right now. Um, he's at 443 yards rushing and a gaudy 6.1 yards per carry. And pretty much a couple of those have to do with a couple long runs, one against the Steelers and another one against the Ravens. Um, he has three TDs. Um, him coming back is going to be big for this offense. And but and because he's also a threat out of the backfield. And that's going to be key just, just to give Carson another weapon out there. And so, yeah, I can't I can't wait for Booby for Booby Miles to get back. And ball out, especially since you, I got him on my fantasy squad. So yeah, I'm definitely gonna be needing him to make some plays. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Miles is coming back. Um, like I said, Boston Scott, he did an admirable job filling in for him. I give him that. Um, had had a couple good games, especially against Dallas, but also he was kind of quiet a couple times. And so, um, I think Boston. I mean, he's very good when like in the in a backup role, and I think he's definitely gonna. Um, show his worth uh, coming back during the second half of the season, especially when he's trying to uh, spell Miles. Um, another another um, player that uh, on the running back crew that I want to talk about, and it's Corey is uh, Corey Clement. Yeah, that Corey Clement. Um, I don't know about you guys, but just for some reason, I, I don't think Corey has it anymore. I mean, he had it like during like that burst during the Super Bowl season. It just seems like ever since like twenty like after the Super Bowl, and I know he dealt with a lot of injuries uh, in 2018 and 2019. It just doesn't seem like the Corey Clement that we all know and love. So I mean, I know they they definitely wanted to hang on to him. I mean, he's a jer- he's a Jersey kid, but honestly, I think this might be the last season for uh, Corey Clement. He just does not seem to have like that burst that he did, and. Yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, for the Eagles, I mean, and one of the things that I mean, I was thinking, like, it's like, all right, Corey Clement, he's big enough and strong enough to get in between the tackles, but he just, he just does not have it. He just doesn't have it. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess that was the reason why he went undrafted. And true, yeah, I mean, he had a hell of a Super Bowl and was one of the main reasons why we were able to um, to pull off that win against New England because he made a number of big plays. Especially and also being part of the Philly special, so yeah, I'm definitely need to see more from uh, from Clement coming out this second half. Um, in terms of in terms of the grade, 
I give that a um I give that about a C plus. I mean it could it could be a B. It just depends on like what happens with Miles and if he can get back and and um definitely put up those numbers that we know that he can um that he can put up. So yeah, I'm definitely uh, I'll say a C plus for now for uh for the running backs. Now, looking at those wide receivers, those diva wide receivers. <sighs> This unit has been banged up. I mean, you got Alshon who who's set to return tomorrow against uh, against the Giants. I mean, he hasn't played all season. Um, he had that Liz Frank injury uh, that happened ironically last um, last December against the Giants. Um, he's coming back. Um, he, this will be his first game back. What's I mean? My thing is though. Why not? I mean, hey, gives the offense another um, another weapon, and right now we need them. We need as many offensive weapons as possible. Now, um, I do know like a lot of um, a lot of eagle um, a lot of eagles fans are kind of concerned that with Alshon coming back, I mean, he's going to take uh, snaps away from Travis Fogel, which I don't think so. And I'll hit on Travis Fogel in a minute because this dude has been a godsend to say the least. But no, I, I really don't think so. I think what's going to happen is I think Alshon is going to start opposite of um opposite of um Fogel, um, Fogum and um possibly out wide, yeah, definitely out wide, and then you have Rager in the slot. The old the now the person who that's going to take snaps from is Greg Ward, and ugh, I I hate that I hate that G Ward is losing snaps because Carson has so much confidence in him. And I mean, he, especially last year, I mean, he was looking to Greg Ward for, for all the big plays and he produced and, and pretty much, I mean, we know what it is. I mean, Alshon has that contract. I mean, this is probably coming from higher ups. I mean, they want to, they want to justify that contract. They want to get him out there. And so he can, yeah, so he can just justify for it. But my thing is though, I don't want. I just don't. I just don't want to lose that momentum that the wide receivers were having just because another body was taken uh, was uh, was taken out. But we'll see what happens. Um, now another player that has been pretty much banged up is Deshaun Jackson. And I mean, so far um, throughout this season, he's been uh, he has played four games, thirteen catches, one hundred and fifty-five yards. Uh, that's usually like a two-game stretch for Djax, and he has zero touchdowns. <sighs> and of course, yeah, he had that ankle injury against the Giants, and he's pretty much out until at least maybe late December. Maybe, maybe while when we're when we're in that playoff stretch, I mean, maybe he can come back and maybe contribute. But um, my thing is though, my me, it, this it kind of begs the question. I mean. Are we seeing the last of Djax and Alshon in Eagles uniform? Me personally, I think so. I'm gonna say yes on that because I mean, at this time, I mean, for one, both of them command a huge salary cap, and right now going into next season where the salary caps are gonna be compromised, I mean, you want as as little big as little big contracts as possible. I mean, yeah, you don't want too much on your books because I mean, for one, that's gonna compromise you from building your roster as well as getting um, new weapons for Carson, possibly. So now on to the guys who have actually been playing this year. I mean, Jalen Rager, I mean, he has shown flashes. 
Um, especially like game one against Washington, we caught that beautiful 50 yard uh, pass um, out of um, near uh, from near the goal line. And yeah, I mean, it sucks that he got hurt uh, week two against the Rams and it's been out until um, last week against Dallas. So, I mean, with him um, coming back, that's definitely going to stretch the field. It's going to get that gives Carson another another weapon. Um, he scored his first TD last week, which is hey, cool rookie. Welcome to the NFL. Got divergentized, uh, divergentized. <laughs> but I mean, no. But Jalen Rager, Rager, he's going to be a a very important figure as we continue to move on this season because, like I said, he adds the speed element. And that's something that this office desperately needs. So, I mean, I know, uh, I mean, I've been, I know what Justin Jefferson has been doing in Minnesota. And, but my thing is, oh, hey, look, if, if Rager didn't, um, didn't, didn't get injured, I'm pretty sure he'll be putting up similar numbers or probably even better. Because, I mean, especially with the injuries happening with Alshon and Deshaun, Rager would have been, he would have been getting a lot of work. So, yeah, I mean, with Rager back, hey, I do, I do like the, I do like the potential. So hey, it's all about putting it together. Um, another player that, like I said, I mean, like I brought up earlier, is G Ward, Greg Ward. I mean, he's been very consistent, nothing flashy. He's been basically, like I said earlier, he's been Carson's most dependable wide receiver. And like I said, I me, mean, I kind of, I, I really hate that he's going to be losing snaps to Alshon, but I mean, hey, it is what it is. Um, another wide receiver that I definitely need to see more is John Hightower. I mean, he has the speed to get deep, um, but I mean, he has to he has to be consistent. Um, that job against the Ravens uh, during the opening series was a killer because it was right in his hands. He catches it, he scores, and that would have been a hell of a way to to start the game. But yeah, dropped it, and we really haven't seen really much from him. Um, JJ Ortega Whiteside, yeah. Like 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 my guy Miguel says, he's a mop. <laughs> but I will say, the MVP of this season has been Travis Fogum. Believe it or not, undrafted, uh, an undrafted free agent, cut cut by the Eagles, cut by the Packers, cut by the Lions. He has been he has been a revelation. He has came in and balled out, and. <laughs> I mean, I call him the president, and you and I'm pretty sure Eagles fans have seen like the um the little um the little sign Fogum for president. I'm hey, I'm I'm with that. I'm so with that. I mean, you think about it, like in five games right now. I mean, he has 435 reception um uh, receiving yards on and four TDs. I mean, dude, look at JJ. Look at uh, look at JJ. My gosh, I mean, what well, he has what maybe like two or three catches, and true, yeah, he did get that little luck, that little lucky TD against the Ravens. Man, I ain't count that joint, even though, even though I did call it <laughs> that he will score. But man, I wasn't expecting him to get that crap. But I mean, you know, man, Travis Fogum has definitely been the savior in a sense. I mean, he has pretty much kept this help keep this team afloat. And like I said, I mean, he came up to the scene against San Francisco and. From that point on, I mean, he is ball. He is balled out. So, I mean, yeah. So, um, Wentz just continue to get the ball to Fogum and let and let it happen. I mean, I remember I couldn't pronounce his um, – initially I couldn't say his name probably. I was calling him Folgers or, or Foghorn, but, hey, he is Fogum. So, yeah, he's definitely earned my respect. So, with that being said, um, my grade for the, uh, for the wide receivers, yeah – 
I give it about a, I give it about a B. I give it a B because I mean, you think about it though. It's like, like I say, I mean, you, you're getting undrafted, you're getting undrafted players to come in and basically carry, uh, save your season. You, you, you have a rookie. You have another undrafted player who was a quarterback as your slot wide receiver. I mean, I, I give them a B. They, they play well. They, they've played well. Now, if John Hightower maybe would have caught that pass, I would have maybe moved a little higher, but hey, it is what it is. Um, moving on to the tight end spot. Um, this is the position occupied historically by Zach Ertz. Um, and now, uh, over the last few years, Dallas Goddard's definitely made a name for himself. Um, both have been injured um, majority of this season. Um, Ertz, I would say with Zach, I think it's more, I think for him, true, he's hurt, but I think it's more of that contract is still in the back of his mind because, honestly, he was playing a lot of hot garbage. And, yeah, like that incident with him and how he's screaming at each other uh, before training camp, I already knew it was nothing good coming out of that. So, Zach, I, whenever you get back, I'm going to need you to ball out. I mean, the Eagles need Zach Ertz. I mean, before Greg Ward and um, um, Travis Fogum, Zach Ertz was Carson Wentz's go-to uh, go-to wide receiver. Go, not wide receiver. He was a go-to player, and he needs that. He he definitely needs that because we for one, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Dallas. I like Dallas Goddard. However, I think Zach Ertz is still the better tight end because one, he's able to get open. True, he doesn't break any tackles, but yet he has better hands. He runs better. He runs crisper routes than Dallas Goddard. I mean, Dallas Goddard. I mean, for the most part, I mean, he's he does he does very well with breaking tackles and 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 the run after after the catch. But honestly, I need to see my. We just need to see more consistency from him. And he did he did get off to a pretty good start. And you saw Carson kind of force feeding um, Dallas early early in the season. And I don't know, maybe was that by design to kind of phase Zach Ertz out? We don't know. We really don't know. But, yeah, I'm definitely going to need the tight ends to definitely step up. Um, <sighs> me, can, can can Dallas Goddard be the guy? We'll see. We'll see. And luckily enough, I mean, we got um, – while Ertz and Goddard have, have been out, I mean, we've been able to get, like, like some contributions from uh, uh, former Packer and – and um, Richard Rogers, and I'm sorry, yeah, Richard Rogers. I mean, we're getting we, we got a little bit of contributions from him during like the Giant game and the Cowboy game, and we also got like uh, a tight end, um, a practice squad player by the name of Jason Kroon. He scored a touchdown against the Ravens. So I mean, I mean, in terms of like the tight ends, like in terms of my grade wise, um, right now, I mean, I give him a D. I give it a D because I mean, honestly, it really hasn't. We really haven't gotten much production from them especially over the past few weeks. So I think with Goddard coming back and Ertz eventually coming back within a couple of weeks, um, I think that's definitely going to definitely open up the eyes of the, um, open up the offense a little bit more, especially with the wide receivers balling the way they, uh, that they've been balling. Um, that's definitely going to open up the middle for Ertz and Goddard. So I can't wait to see what they, they're able to do. So moving on and one, another position that, we really need, I really need to discuss and really get on is the offensive line. Um, this is, this, uh, this unit pretty much consists of Jason Peters, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, uh, um, Matt, uh, Matt Pryor, um, 
Brandon Brooks is on IR, uh, Herberg, and um, yeah. This unit has been kind of, and also, and mind you, I'm sorry, also, I mean, um, Jordan Maylotta, um, Opeta, Andre Dillard, and Jack Driscoll. And yeah, this offensive line has been in shambles this whole season. I mean, you got Lane Johnson um, pretty much gunning it out on one on one ankle. I mean, mind you, this dude is really tough. This dude continues to battle me, too. Yeah, he and mind you, the only thing I was just kind of disappointed is that he didn't get that ankle situated a little bit earlier, maybe maybe in May or something like that, to maybe get to where he can give it time to heal. But, yeah, but say he did it, like, right before the season started, which definitely kind of compromised him. So, I mean – he sat out the last couple games um, against Dallas, and also he had to buy. I, I kind of low-key wish he would sit out one more game, but um, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, he, he needs all the rest he can get. And honestly, I mean, he can do nothing more but, her, um, but, but harm him more. Uh, Jason Kelsey has been solid. I mean, that's the one player on this offensive line that we can't matter on this offense that we cannot lose is Jason Kelsey. So, I mean, we got to find a way just to continue to keep him upright. Uh, Nate Herbrick, uh, Herbrick um, rookie, has been okay. I mean, he was hurt uh, majority of the time. Um, and, yeah, now one player that I definitely also want to talk about is Jason Peters because, I mean, this whole season started with um, the whole thing with Jason Peters playing guard this year. But then when Andre Dillard was out for the season – I mean, of course, the Eagles asked JP to move back to tackle, however, and then he they were met with um, resistance because he wanted more money. <sighs> but then he came back and said, oh, well, then Doug came back and acted like JP uh, came in his office and said he's going to play. But come to find out, the Eagles renegotiated and added, gave him a little bit more money. Look, I like I love JP. He's the bodyguard. I mean, man, he they were calling like the dancing bear back in his prime. But now, dude's a shell. Of, it was, he was a shell of himself. I mean, he can't. He can't give it. He can't. He can't give it like he used to back when he was a little bit younger. I mean, of course, Father Time is undefeated. But now, yeah, JP. He can't really. He can't really give it the on um, the way that he used to be able to give it. And I mean, true, he did have a he did have a solid game versus Dallas. But I mean, you have seen games like Cincinnati. Um, the first, um, the first game against Washington where he got beat like a drum throughout majority of that game. So, yeah. And which brings me to Jordan Maylotta, because when JP was out, Jordan Maylotta, in my opinion, did a solid job. And honestly, I wanted them to keep Jordan in and, and shoot, either shoot, put JP on the bench or, hey, you can tell him to take a hike. Because, I mean, true Jordan, I mean, um, Jordan is only what, like in his third year, in his first year actually playing actual football, too. And mind you, he's the rugby player who came from Australia in 2018. And he was showing promise, too. I mean, he would get beat here and there, but I mean, he was showing promise. And the only way, especially when you play on the O line, the only play you get to, um, the only way you get better is by playing. And I thought he was doing very well. And he was even able to switch. Uh, switch out to the other side when Lane was out against Dallas. True, he gave up a sack, but after that first sack, he was straight. So, hey, I'm cool with Jordan my, um, Jordan Mylotta um, next year. And I think really what hurt Jordan, though, even though he has played well, is the the, the lack of offseason. 
I think if he would have had um, an actual off season in times like with uh, like like one on one times with the coaches, I think Jordan would have been. I think Jordan would have been solid, and really there there would have been no real reason to even bring JP back. So, I mean, hopefully, a hey, next year Jordan. Um, Jordan gets his chance to start or at least battle with Andre Diller, which I think he'll beat uh, for uh, for the left tackle position. So let's see what happens with that. Um, and speaking of uh, Andre Diller, he's a bust. He's a bust at this point because this dude has been he's he man. He just seems like he doesn't have it or he doesn't want it. I mean, man, looking at looking at his tape in Washington, man, he, he was solid. He looked he looked and I was so happy that. That um that that we're finally dressing the left tackle position because I've been saying this for years. It's time to it's time to address the um the elephant in the room and that is the offensive line. I mean, it's time to like bring in some new pieces and get get younger, especially with JP um getting up was getting up in there at age. Um, Kelsey at any at any point he could he could retire, and then you got Lane who. Who, like I said, I mean, he's been battered and bruised over the past few seasons. Brandon Brooks, I mean, dude, how many season ending uh, um, injuries has he had over the last couple of years? He's had plenty. I mean, I mean, he's had what, like the last one, two, yeah, almost, almost, yeah, the last three seasons. He's in, he's in, he's ended his season on IR. So, yeah, I definitely need him to to definitely step up. I definitely need him to um to step up when he when he gets that opportunity, but or else he might be gone. They may try to train for like maybe like a fifth or sixth round pick. So offensive line play, once again, I got I got to give it like a C minus because I me mean, for one all the injuries and the inconsistent play. Um, I think with players coming back, I mean you get Isaac Sayamalo back, and like I said, I mean JP's back rested. Um, you get Lane, um, Lane some um, some time. I mean I think. I think with time, I think this offensive line can become the unit that it was, and that was arguably like the top two, top three offensive lines in the league. But they got to show it. So overall, for the offense, the grade I give them is a C minus. A lot of inconsistent play from all areas, not just Carson. It's from all areas, from the wide, from the tight ends being out, and and Ertz complaining about his contract. Um, you got, I mean. Just yeah, it's just like overall, it's, the offense has not been pretty whatsoever, and 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 like I said, that also falls on Carson as well. A big part of that falls on Carson, to be honest. But and like I said, I mean, I'm hoping that I me mean, with time off and a week's rest, I mean, hopefully Doug kind of got got in them and got um and kind of definitely got some things going because I mean, hey, you can't really travel, so I mean, hey, you might as well be back at the Novacare um. Getting that workout and um making and drawing up some new plays and just getting some practice time in. So that is the offense. And so hey, I'm gonna take a quick break. I'll be back with the defense. Now let's get into that defense that has actually been playing. That's been solid uh, for the most part throughout this season. Um, yeah, I mean just from like I said, I mean the D line linebackers have their plays improved. The secondary has actually done very well this season. I mean to my surprise. And hey, let's get into let's let's start with that D line, and that is that's that's a line that consists of Brandon Graham, uh, Fletcher Cox, Josh Sweat, um, Malik Jackson, Javon Hargrave, Derek Barnett, Vinnie Curry, um, Gerard Avery, 
let's get it in. Hey, Brandon Graham has been he's turned he's turning back the hands of time. Brandon Graham has been balling, and it's, I guess it's one of those things where hey, BG is uh, aging like fine wine. I mean, he, he's playing very well. He, I mean, he's always been very good against the run. Always has a high motor, and now he's actually putting it all together, and he's adding the sacks in. I mean, right now, I mean, as we stand through eight games, he has seven, and he's he he is on the verge of getting his first double uh, double digit sack as well as making the Pro Bowl, which is something that he, oh a goal that he definitely shoot for. Um, that and knowing BG, I mean, he wants to be nominated for the Pro Bowl, but he doesn't want to play in the Pro Bowl because he want to be hitting the Tampa for the Super Bowl. So, yeah, he's been balling. I mean, I've been very impressed with Brandon Graham. So, one and he's definitely going to he's definitely making it he's definitely going to be making make it uh pretty difficult for the Eagles to move on from him next year. Um hey, another player, hey, Fletcher Cox. Uh I love Big Fletch. Fletch was my guy and I and I was so glad when we picked him up in the draft. He's been very, he's been a dominant force. However, Fletch is not Fletch, and I think maybe it was due to, like, the injuries, maybe age or what, but Fletch isn't Fletch. He's not balling like he used to, like, making the splash plays like he did in the past, like, like three, four, like, like two, three years ago. Um, like I said, I mean, last year, I, I totally get it. I mean, he he had the surgery coming off the playoff, um, the playoff loss to the Saints, and, yeah, that definitely, that definitely – um, hindered his start on uh, the start of his season he wasn't playing well and he knows it and he even admitted that he knew he wasn't playing well but it was just due to the injuries and just trying to come around uh, come around off that injury um so i'm hoping uh coming into the second half of the season that he's rested um he's ready to go he balls out and because we're gonna need especially um with that in in, in the interior um, another player um, in in the matter of fact, two players in the interior that I want to get on. I want to talk about is Malik Jackson and Javon Hargrave. Now, um, of course, Malik Jackson came last year as one of the uh, high priced free agents, but he got injured um, towards the end of the first game against Washington last year. So we really didn't really see much from him. But um, he he's he's been for the most part been pretty consistent with his play. Um, I definitely like the way that I mean he's been a, he's been kind of getting into the backfields and um, blowing up plays. He's been I mean for the most part I mean, yeah he's been pretty much what I expected him to be this season and as well as I mean he he actually does kind of go out to the the DN position to uh, to play yeah to play the DN spot which hey definitely throws another curveball on these offensive lines. Another player that I need to see more is Javon Hargrave. I mean, he was the big uh, free agent pickup from Pittsburgh. I mean, true, I was kind of wondering why did we get him because we already have Malik Jackson coming back. But, hey, Jim Schwartz, he likes throwing the fast, but he likes having a nice rotation of defensive, defensive tackle. Honestly, I really think that we could have uh, maybe drafted another de- uh, defensive tackle instead of paying big money for for another one. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But, I mean, he was um, – Hargrave was hurt. And he kind of I and mean, he kind of came along strong, but I mean the last couple of games he's playing a little bit better. So yeah, I definitely need to see more from uh, from Hargrave. Derek Barnett, uh, he's playing he's he's playing a little bit more consistent. He's playing a little more consistent with um, 
out there and the Eagles need him because I mean this is I think this is a this is his contract year and matter, no I'm sorry he was on the front um yeah he was on he, they picked up the option for him so he needs he needs to continue to ball out I mean he's been he's been he's played a little bit better this season compared to what he's done in the past so yeah I definitely need to see more from him as but I will definitely say a player that has surprised me a lot is Josh Sweat from FSU. That's that's for my boy Stacks, who's a uh, who's a Florida State fan. But no, uh, Josh Sweat is early in the season. Hey, I was calling him the best player on our defense, our on our D line, because he was just always getting into the opposing player team's backfield, making a play or of sorts, and just causing havoc. I mean, I we definitely need to uh, to see more of that. And. Yeah, I mean, hey, I'm 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 definitely liking Josh Sweat going forward instead of Derek Barnett. So, I mean, pretty much like I mean the D line, um, my grade for the D line to me has been um, a B plus. Um, I think I, I still think that we can definitely get more from out of Fletcher Cox, who had a very he actually had a very solid game against Dallas. I'll say that um, we need to get more out of Fletch. We need to get more out of um, uh, Barnett. And like I said, I mean, and out of Hargrave, I mean, we can get more consistent play out of out of those three. This defensive line can literally carry the squad, and we're going to need it, especially playing against a lot of these quarterbacks that we have coming up during the second half of the season. Um, huh, now I want to move on to the linebacking position, and this unit consists of Nate Jerry, uh, Alex Singleton, T.J. Edwards, and. Right now, I mean, hey, you got um, Duke Riley as well, as well, and we really haven't heard much from Davion Taylor and Sean Bradley. I mean, this linebacker crew has been a revolving door just due to injuries and inconsistent play. Um, Nate Jerry, honestly, believe it or not, I mean, he's on well, he's on the injury injury list, but can you believe he's actually one of the league's leader in tackles? I was shocked when I heard when I saw that. Um, Alex Singleton, um, he had the big play against. Uh, Against us, uh, no, I'm sorry, no, that was Duke. That was, I believe that was Duke Riley. I can't, I, I can't remember if that was uh, Alex Singleton or Duke Riley who had that pick six against the um, the 49ers um, on Sunday Night Football. Um, but either way, I mean, these linebackers they definitely have had their troubles with tight ends, and I know going forward in this second half, I mean, they definitely need to improve that on that on that. And in that department, or else, I mean, teams are, will continue to slash this defense um, with the tight end. And I'm sorry, yeah, that was Alex Singleton. All right, I knew I was right. <laughs> that he had the pick six. So, but yeah, I mean, I definitely, uh, like I said, I mean, when like the, like said, so Davion Taylor, Stuart Bradley. I mean, I was definitely happy that we finally started to address the linebacking core. But honestly, I, I still think, I mean, from this linebacking core, I still think we can we can do a little bit more. We can do a lot better. Um, we've been, they've been pretty decent against the run. I will say that, but yeah, but like I said earlier, they're very, uh, they're very, uh, successful to the pass. Um, so in terms of the linebacking core, I'll give them maybe about a, I'll give them a C plus. And so now moving on to the corners, this is Darius Slay, Avante Maddox, Mikko Roby uh, Coleman, and Craven LeBlanc. Jalen Mills is kind of like a hybrid because, uh, he's been, there's been instances where he's played uh, the cornerback spot, um, like just due to injuries. But I mean, because like um, starting out the season, he was playing the safety spot. But overall, I mean, um, 
Darius Slay has been he's also like along with Travis Fogum, Brandy Graham, Darius Slay has been probably one of our um one of the best players on our squad. Because I mean he's bought out of me. He has not let he has not let a number one receiver um um dominate him. And remember, Eagles fans, I mean, remember when I mean, we, we kept getting uh, done on double moves and bombs and stuff like that. I mean, it, it's finally nice to have to not have that concern. And actually, believe it or not, I mean, the Eagles are our top five defense against the pass. I mean, man, when was the last time you could really say that? I mean, was this going back to like the Troy Vincent, Bobby Taylor days or stuff like that? I can't remember. I really, really can't. But no, I mean, hey, having Darius Slay out there, I mean, it's a nice, it's it's nice to knowing in the back of your mind you have a, um, a corner who can guard the team's opposite, um, wide receiver and pretty much hold hold his own and not worried about us getting burned. Um, now I can't really say that. I really can't say much for the other corners. I mean, Avante Maddox, I mean, he's been hurt, uh, most of the season and. He's been playing more of the outside cornerback spot, which I mean, with with his size, I mean, it's definitely to his uh, it's it's a disadvantage. So yeah, he's been um, he I mean, and mind you, that's one thing I do like about Avante Max is that he will fight, he will fight you, and he's I mean, he's a little guy, but man, dude is like a little pit bull, and I, and you you gotta respect that. Um, another guy who's been eh, he's been oh he's been so so is uh, Mikael Roby. Um, he, um, Coleman. He's um he um he's one of our free agents that came um over from the Rams. He's been okay. I mean, he hasn't really made any splash plays. Um, but yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I can't. I haven't really seen much from him. I think he's like a a one and done here. Um, Craven LeBlanc. I mean, he's been okay. Eh, he's been eh, he's been mediocre. Not really seeing I me. Mean, he's not making these splash plays either. So, I mean, overall, I mean, I'll say for the corners, I mean, I'll give him maybe, I'll give him like a B. I'll give him a B plus because, like I said, me just pretty much just all because of Darius Slate and the fact that we're not getting torched like we did, like we've been in the past. Um, moving on to the safety spot, I mean, that's Rodney McLeod, Jalen Mills, Will Parks, Kayvon Wallace, the rookie. Um, one of the things that has to be said is that did the front office underrate Malcolm Jenkins in his leadership? I mean, shout out to my man Keith. Um, hey, one of the, um, we talked about this after the Steelers game. It's like, dude, Rodney McLeod, you're the man back there. You gotta, you gotta get this secondary into position. And yeah, that's yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that Malcolm was so good at doing was getting getting the players lined up and. It in place. True, we got beat a lot, but I mean, for the most part, I mean, like I said, I mean, he was able his leadership and his ability to rally the truth was definitely key to our runs the last few seasons. Uh, like I said, I mean, Rodney McLeod, I mean, he's still he's still a veteran. He's still a presence back there. Had a defensive touchdown last week against the Cowboys. Jalen Mills playing safety. Honestly, I thought this would be a better spot for him because for one, he's not he's not like the uh, he's not the fleetest of fleets back there, but. I mean, he's a he's a presence he can hit. And yeah, I mean, a lot of people thought maybe he would be best fit back at safety, but I mean, that's been kind of mess, met with uh, mixed results. Kayvon Wallace and uh, um the rookie um 
just haven't seen enough of him. I mean, he was injured a little bit earlier this season. I think he could be I think he could be a player just after he gets some some weight on him and get some experience under his belt. I think he'll be all right. Um Will Parks, um, another free agent from the Broncos. Um, he's been hurting me. He hasn't really made any splash plays, but I mean he's a he's a local kid, so hey, let's see what happens. Um I think may I think maybe I think they may give him like one more shot next year. But um, now, overall, I mean, for the safety position, yeah, yeah, I, I'll give him, I'll give him like maybe like a B minus or something like that. And just overall for the defense, I'll give it a B. I'll give it a B. Yeah, they, they, I mean, for the most part, I mean, they're not the problem on the squad. It's more of the offense. But yeah, I give the offense a B. And so, with that being said, hey, I'll be back to talk about special teams in the in the coaching. Okay, so the last position that um, that is important that we got to tackle is the special teams. Um, <laughs> this is pretty much kicker Jake Elliott, punter Cam Johnson, and not really much on the return game. Um, Jake has been up and down to say the least. Um, I remember back like back when he first came to the squad. I mean, his big issue was missing up close, um, like short field goals. Now he's missing not. He's missing up uh, short field goals and long field goals. And honestly, personally, I think Doug kind of has a par- part of the blame on that is because he is sending Jake out to just boot nothing but long 50, 60-some yard field goals, which is like, honestly, I mean, at this point in time, he doesn't have – he's not he's not warm. He's not – I mean, yeah, he, he doesn't have he, – he's not, like, into the game, but, like, but like you're going to send him in to kick, like, a long 60-some yard field goal when – you're constantly continue to go for it on every fourth down, like, um, like forty yards and under is like, dude. I mean, give him, give him a couple, a couple gimmies to start booting in, and maybe from there you can maybe start um getting some long field goals. But I mean, and that's not to take everything off of Jake, but I mean, he also needs to. I mean, he, I mean, hey, if he's called to do something, he needs to do it. If he's called to kick a fifty some yard field, it's his job to do it. Um. I mean, you think about it. I mean, he's 12 out of 18 on kicks and one of four from 50-plus range. That needs to improve. That definitely needs to improve. Cam Johnson has been very consistent. I mean, that's pretty much all I can say about the punter. And honestly, on the on the return game, not much. I mean, we're not really getting the, the, the splash returns. I mean, we really don't have like a, a dynamic punter kickoff return uh, turner back there to make a play. So, I mean, that's one of the things the Eagles need to do going into next season is find that kickoff, that, that, that return specialist that can make a play. Somebody like maybe like a Brian, well, like a Brian Mitchell used to do or a Brian Westbrook or Deshaun Jackson. And we all saw what the last time DJ got back there, he got broken off. So in terms of the special teams, I'll give it, I'll give it a solid C. Um, in terms of Doug, where Doug is, I'm kind of concerned with Doug uh, for the most part. I mean, Doug, I mean, Doug definitely has, he has the pedigree behind him. He he's won a Super Bowl, but that's not to say he's not, he's not beyond criticism. I mean, he's been, he's made some spotty play calling. He's had some spotty uh, decisions like when to go for it, when not to go for it, when to kick a field goal, when not to kick. I'm, I'm not losing faith in Doug, but I'm like kind of leery of Doug right now. It's like, Doug, I mean, are you – Doug is coaching literally like his job is on the line, which honestly I don't think it is at this point. 
However, I mean, if things bomb and go south the second half of the season going into next year, yeah, I can definitely see his butt being on the hot seat. So um, he definitely needs to turn it. He definitely needs to turn around going forward. I mean, he has to. I mean, I don't know what it is. I mean, he needs to maybe find some better, uh, create some, um, draw some better plays, or and also stop going for two point conversions every doggone time you score. I mean, dang. And mind you, I mean, I don't mind Doug and his aggressiveness. I don't. I love it. That's one of the reasons why we was able to win the Super Bowl. But I mean, he's he's aggressive when it doesn't when we, we don't. He doesn't need to be aggressive. Like it's just simple things that Doug just has to improve on. Then I think he'll be all right. Um. But overall, I mean, Doug. I mean, I give. I also give him a C. I mean, this whole dog and team is besides size from the defense is pretty much getting a C. And so, um, moving on to the schedule, like what it's looking like going forward, um, it's a pretty brutal one. I mean, we start tomorrow against the Giants. We then we have uh, we're on the road against Cleveland, back at home on Monday night against Seattle. Then um, a CBS late game against um, at Green Bay. And then a Fox late game against uh, at home against the Saints. Another late game. They're at they're at Arizona. And then another late game there they play at Dallas and back at home for the season finale against the Redskins. I mean, I think I mean if the offense can turn it around, I think maybe five and three is very doable. But I will say this, I mean, this game against the Giants is a must win. It's definitely a must win for them. They they need to get off um this second half of the season off to a get off to a flying start and pretty much put pedal to the metal. Let's let's start. Let's ignore. Let's let's stop the turnovers, and man, let's let's win some games. I mean, this game against the Giants is very winnable. The Browns game, I think, I think they can get. And you think about that now, it's like you think about it, it's like now they're on a what a four game winning streak, which is good, and setting up a big game against Seattle. Which honestly, I mean, Seattle, they they don't scare me like they do in the past. I mean, true, yeah, Russell Wilson's playing out of his mind. Um, DK Metcalf is being a beast, but hey, we got Darius Slay who can possibly cover him. Um, but yeah, we just got to find a way to answer Russell Wilson. But that defense is beyond trash. It is beyond garbage. And I think if we have all our parts together, we're playing well. I think Carson and the offense could definitely take advantage of that of that defense and that secondary. Um, that Green Bay game. Ugh. That's that's going to be a tough one because it's in December at Lambeau. That's actually one of the ones I'm actually marking now for a loss. That Saints one, I think it can go either way <clears throat> because I think the Saints they'll be coming off um, they'll be coming off two straight road games and usually typically like that third um, that third road game is one that they can easily lose just because like they're just ready to get back to the Superdome. So I think I think the Eagles can they can they can take that game. And then you got games against Arizona, Dallas, and Washington. I think if, like I say, if they're playing well, I think they may be able to get maybe two out of three, maybe like possibly like the Dallas game and maybe the Washington game. So um, I think the Eagles, they definitely can win the division. Um, I mean, the division is is beyond garbage. I mean, the things that you just have to be the least trash one in the division in order to win it. And honestly, I think they can. I mean, I mean, they have the the best quarterback coach uh, combination in this division, and they're starting to get players back on both sides of the ball, which would be key going forward. It's just they just have to eliminate the the turnovers. And so, with that being said, um, 
that's brings this brings us to a close of another episode of the Eagles Zone Podcast. I'm your man K Mart. Hey, if you want to get a hold of uh, get in contact with the show, you can hit me up on at uh, the Eagles Zone Podcast at gmail.com. Hey, hit me up. Let me know what you think about uh my grades. Do you think maybe I, I was a little bit too linear or maybe a little bit too tough? Or um, where do you think the Eagles uh will finish this second half of the season? Let me know what you think. And so with that being said, I'm your man K Mart once again. I'll catch you with you later. Peace.